Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Judging Nerd Culture. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. And today we're talking about The Midnight Club, <laughs> uh, which is essentially like scary stories we tell in the dark, but with uh, cancer. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so that and uh, was the one where they have cancer and they die and they're in love? Fault in our stars. That's the one. <laughs> it's just those two movies kind of fused together. Yeah. So. Yes. Quick breakdown of what the, happened in the movie, right? The plot? The overview? Uh, sure, yeah. Il- Ilanka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, model student. You know, have her life is set on track, right? Uh, oops, cancer. She's, she's, a, she's still like 18 years old, just a child. And she has like a year to live. She has almost no time left. Uh, and instead of pursuing all these treatments, she decides to go into uh, teen hospice care, which... Has to be one of the most depressing things ever said. <laughs> um, uh, to kind of, you know, live out her end days in some sort of good experience. Uh, but things turn a, turn a bit spooky as she finds that she's seeing ghosts and specters and all sorts of weird little things. And uh, there seems to be an involvement of some sort of murder cult and... You find out that she wasn't even looking to, uh, wasn't even looking to die. She found out someone had been, had gone there and healed themselves magically. So they decided to, to give it a try. Uh, and generally the majority of the plot, uh, not around, not surrounding her directly is just about her meeting the rest of the kids in this, uh, facility, learning more about them and their stories and waiting for them to die. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know, uh, after like the second episode, I knew who my favorite character was. And I think we had the same favorite character. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I can't imagine anyone didn't love this guy. He was fucking great. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, the, the, the characters were all honestly pretty fun and they all made a lot of sense. Extremely (laughs) annoying almost at all times. But they are teenagers who are dying, so like it, it made complete <laughs> sense, you know? Everyone was angsty and sad. And it was it was made perfect sense. Uh, so that's that's its own thing. Um You just wanna jump into rating it or do you wanna Uh we can talk about it a little bit. Um Midnight Club is by Mike Flanagan. So he's the same guy who created um, Midnight Mass and the, the the whole Flanaverse is what it's called, apparently. Horrible um, name. <laughs> um, Their mascot should be like a, like a flannel shirt with a face. Flanaverse. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's also... Uh, Haunting of Blind Manor, um, Haunting of Hill House, I believe, and then he's coming out with his own version of the um, the Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, it's a classic. There's <laughs> um, only one Usher in my mind. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually about him. Um, Documentary. Yes, um, but it's by it's it's so program creator is Mike Flanagan, but it's written by him and also Lee Leia Leia. Leia. <laughs> <laughs> um, she 
is a creator on Midnight Club and The Magicians, which is interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She wrote The Magicians? Um, I believe so. She was one of the one of the writers, it looks like. Because that show, Wild Fun, was kind of garbage. <laughs> uh, but the characters were written very, very fun. All except one. Well, hey. Yeah, two. There, you know, when you... I, I don't know a lot about TV shows, but I feel like when you're writing something, there's a lot of people involved that... Uh, tell you what you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but no, like I, that that sounded bad. But I, I honestly meant it as like sort of a positive because like in Magicians, everyone had a very strong characterization. Just like mm-hmm. in the show, like they, I'm not sure if that's her contribution, but if it is, it makes sense. Yeah, all the characters in both in both of these seem to have strong characterization pretty quickly too. Yeah, um, you you get. A real good feel of what each character, like what their personality is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let you know immediately if you're gonna like them or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only exception I would say is Alanka in this show, because like she started off great and then just, I mean, it got kind of worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, like she was trying not to die, and I get it, but like, come on. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. When I was thinking about what we were gonna talk about, um. I thought about Alanka and how even though she's so annoying and so full of herself and like just god the kind of the worst mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you also have to realize it's kind of realistic yeah. because she is a teenager who does think she's very very smart and she prides herself in being very smart and mature and stuff like many times she tells people I'm not stupid cuz like she's like I'm not a child sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of teenagers do, but, you know, I get it. We were all teenagers once. We're <laughs> we don't all like, stupid. We don't like being talked down to. Nobody really does. Um, so, like, it's realistic. She's dying. Mm-hmm. A teenager, but uh, it's just so <laughs> yeah. uh, hard to get through sometimes with her. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because we see, we see her in comparison to so many of the other uh, characters who have gone through like their own grieving and have chosen to just be better mm-hmm. <laughs> than her uh while like she's still fighting for this thing for this you know miracle so it it definitely makes her see makes her come off as this real negative force as she's almost looking down on all the other characters who you love immediately yeah because they don't think that look they can survive which they can't they have Cancer. Terminal diseases. Yes. Um, And just to skip forward a little bit, um, when the miracle does work, she is convinced, because, like, they all do this little ritual thing. Mm -hmm. She is convinced that it is her that has been healed. She is convinced it's her. She hasn't hasn't been told anything by the doctors. And so she, she tells all of these people that she's been friends with for... I I don't know, these few months, and she just says, hey, all my terminally ill friends, I'm healed. The ritual worked. And it's it's not her. And when it's not her, she freaks out and cries and gets mad and takes it out on people. And I I just don't like it. But I've never, you know, been terminally ill, so I don't know how that feels. Yeah. 
you know it's it's rough to like watch her just kind of shit in everybody it's difficult and like i don't think it's even like an intentional thing because she does care about pretty much everyone like she doesn't dislike anyone but it's just she's so much the main character of her own story that Mm -hmm. she doesn't understand that so are they (laughs) it's rough (laughs) yeah i think that's the thing with like being kind of stupid which we all were let's be honest we've all been stupid extremely versus having knowledge she was very knowledgeable she knew a lot of things very stupid because she's a kid like stupidity you overcome that as you experience things and go ah i won't repeat this action i won't do this thing i know when i say things like this people hurt mm-hmm. versus knowledge is you know accumulating these I, these things these concepts it's very different and it's okay to be stupid we all are mm-hmm. always sometimes it's kind of fun to be stupid <laughs> but <laughs> you have to be tactful yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, you know, love the character, but I definitely understand her at yes. the very least, which is impressive. Like, it's hard to dislike anyone in this, like really dislike, mm-hmm. uh, even the, the bad guy who, uh, maybe we'll talk about in a minute, but like she, after everything, like clearly was manipulated and became obsessed with this thing. And it's like, well, you kind of suck, but like, you were indoctrinated into some sort of cult. <laughs> yeah, like, you, how do you blame someone for that after experiencing what they experienced? Like, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that this technically isn't part of the Flanverse or whatever, but it definitely gives off a very similar feel mm-hmm. of like everything's normal except that one thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like with the haunting of Hill, whatever's place movies or tv shows or whatever everything's normal except this place just happens to be haunted and things get a little fuckety uh with a midnight mass everything's normal except this one vampire except for this one island yeah he's really getting messed up like everything is everything in these in his stuff is always just like mostly normal to the mm-hmm. point that when something even if it's small is out of the ordinary it feels like a big deal and you know the, they play with that a lot with this show with like the the spooky specters and all this stuff and talking about potential miracle cures to the point where it was, they deliberately made it difficult to decide and parse out which things are actual magic and which things are just, you know, hallucinations and drug-induced hoo-ha. It, it kept you wondering. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was nice. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yes. Do you have a a favorite character? If we're not counting the boy. The boy? The boy? What boy? All characters are valid. Why are we not including one of the boys? Well, because Amesh is the best character. Hands down. <laughs> like, if he... If, I can't imagine anyone picking someone who isn't Amesh to be their favorite character. He's... I don't know. There's a lot of people out there who probably pick, like, Kevin. Kevin's Okay. <laughs> He 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 is basically just a kid from Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, and he told a great story, but like he's just okay. <laughs> uh, I do like Kevin um, because he does have. I feel like a lot of people can relate to his his story. Probably, you know, being the older sibling 
and then die having, you know, this, this terminal illness and then your parents kind of putting all that was on you onto your younger siblings, sort of. Because, yeah. like, his mom, he, he was this like, big track star in high school. He wanted to, you know, to, to, to do big things. He can't now. He can't really <laughs> run very well now. Yep. Um, and so, you know, they they come to visit and his mom is like, oh, your little brother, he's he's going to be joining track and he's going to be doing this and that. And Kevin's just like, <laughs> okay, but does he want to do that? And instead of the little brother answering, the mom answers. And she's like, yes, he, of course he wants to do it. And he just tells his little brother that, like, his legacy, his his life, it's it's on its way out. He's dying. So his little brother needs to just make his own. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, feel like that's relatable to a lot of people. Oh, for sure. I, I think even without considering the, the terminal aspect of it, just the idea that... Uh, as an older sibling, you know, you experience whatever you're experiencing and then your family, because of who you are, decide to, you know, enforce this expectation upon your, the rest of your family. Like, well, I'm sorry, but also like, I don't like it's it's a difficult thing. And I think, honestly, that scene was the first one was the scene where I first thought, oh, Kevin. OK. Yeah, I think it, 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 it was one of the first scenes where I, I was like, OK, I think I. I think I really like Kevin. He's really cool. Yeah. Uh, because when you first meet him, it's just, you know, the average white boy love interest. His <laughs> name's Kevin. His part, hair parts down the middle. It's, it's, <laughs> it's what it is. Well, it is in the 90s. It is set in the 90s. Um, oh. But, yeah, I think my favorite characters are probably Amesh. Amesh and the... The girl who lies all the time. <laughs> Sherry. So mm-hmm. Amesh and Sherry pretty great. Are, are, are pretty darn great. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherry doesn't have like the saddest story ever, um, but she's just so wholesome and kind and nice. And well, I don't know about wholesome, but she's just, she's just very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I feel like her and Spencer probably flip-flop for me uh, just because... He is also pretty great. He's a lot of fun. Uh, I really liked uh, uh, Natsuki's uh, whole uh, storyline. Who? Natsuki? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Suki. And I was like, we're not talking about True Blood here. <laughs> what, what are you? Who's Suki? <laughs> oh, yeah. Natsuki. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, like, I think uh, her story was one of my favorite ones just because mm-hmm. it was very uh just very emotional just beginning to end and it didn't take long to understand what the story was so we kind of said who our favorite characters are and what this is about we didn't explain midnight club at all right (laughs) midnight club is (laughs) so at this hospice for these kids um you know that this place is a way for teenagers to go out the way they want to you know like without a bunch of chemo or a bunch of people stressing them out or whatever. This nice, peaceful, beautiful mansion on this, like, hilltop. Which, Flanagan, I feel like, really likes houses on hilltops. <laughs> I mean, what do you do, though? Beautiful scenery, wonderful houses. Yeah. What it is. But, um, they all meet at midnight in the library to drink and tell scary stories. But each of them kind of tells... 
like it's a scary story, but it's based off of their own life or their feelings. Mm -hmm. Which is really funny because in the first episode to talk about just how gauche it is to <laughs> make a story about yourself but that's all they ever do yeah i mean you you write what you know <laughs> i suppose uh okay favorite story mm -hmm. what was yours oh man i think my favorite story i did like natsuki's but weirdly enough i really dug Kevin's. I think Kevin's was the most uh most impressive in in sort of the layers of it all. Mm -hmm. Also I feel like it was more the most spooky. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's definitely <laughs> true. Well it was definitely the scariest one, which is the point. It was supposed to be scary stories. Mm -hmm. Um but uh yeah his had the most layers to it where because every story clearly has some sort of not only just uh, allegory for like who they are and their experiences, the things they've experienced, but also, you know, their dreams, their wishes, the things they don't think they'll get to experience. They try to like work these in, uh, and it, it's honestly very well done. Incredible writing. <laughs> uh, but I think his was the one that confused me the most in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot going on, and I had to really like kind of wrestle with a. Uh, what it all was supposed to mean, and it, I just it worked out very well. I think I think Nazis was the opposite. It was the least like, what is this about you? <laughs> it was pretty clear, but it was still just very emotional, you know. I think hers was pretty easy to understand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought you said that was least easy to understand. No, did I say that? That's no, my bad. No, I said it's the opposite of Kevin's, where it's the most. It was the easiest to understand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was definitely the easiest one to to kind of pick up. Uh, Aside from maybe the, the Christian girls who wasn't really much of a story, more of like a... More of a weird apology. Yeah. And honestly, the climax of that story was... <laughs> weird. Freaking weird. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is what it is. It, it worked out that they liked the story for some reason. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I love that they mentioned that her stories always end up in, with angel porn. Mm -hmm. You know, just angel showing up, saving the day. Uh, and they all complain about this, but like thirty percent of them all include angels. Which ones? Uh, Amesha's does. Uh, Natsuki's does. Like her. Amesh involves, I think, aliens. Yeah, but it, later on he explains. He's like, it might have been angels. Like they they bring it. They mention it that it just the that she missed it because he was telling his whole story. Mm -hmm. Uh, there. Who else was it? I don't recall right now. But yeah, I don't know. It just it just felt kind of funny that they complained about it, but then it was just eh, angels. <laughs> I think right. it's just because she gets really intense about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, everyone everyone knows how intense some people can get about you know angels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh so. Do you want to do the breakdown? Sure. All right. So, uh, vibe, you know, just generally how we felt about it. Uh, personally, I'd, I'd give it like a solid eight. Like, I thought it was going to be spookier. And uh, that was a little bit of a meh. Mm -hmm. But the the general emotional ride that it takes you through is very 
very impactful. I enjoyed my, my, my watching of it. Yeah, I think I'd give it an 8 as well, just because it's it, it wasn't as spooky as I thought it was going to be. Like, this one isn't a part of the Flaniverse, and it, it's, it's a, a longer series that he's co-writing with somebody. So it makes sense, you know, and it's it's about a bunch of teenagers, and so uh, it's gonna be a little more, I, I guess, a little tamer, but with, with heavy on like the messages and stuff, I guess. Um, but in some parts, it was, I guess, I I don't know, I just wished it was a little spookier. <laughs> <laughs> so eight, you said? Or yeah. Was, okay. Um. Now, the technical aspect, the the writing, the acting, uh, just, you know, the cinematography, anything that was, that involves a lot of skill, uh, the skill that went into this, what do you think? I'm going close to, I'm thinking like a seven, because the acting and the writing were great, mm-hmm. but I felt like a lot of the cinematography, a lot of the, the, the visuals were kind of boring. <laughs> like, it was a beautiful place and whatnot, but, ah... And she's seeing ghosts, and now she's in a sepia tone, older version of the, of the mansion. And I don't know. It was just a little. Backluster. Yeah, a little bland. Uh, but you know the writing and the acting did make up for it, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, so I, th- I think skill wise, definitely like a seven for me. Um. Hmm. I'm still gonna give it an eight. Um. I. I do agree that some of the cinematography was a little boring, but I think some of the, the spookiness was done really well with certain sounds and lighting, and the writing was really good. Um, and for these people, these kids acting, you know, I don't know the ages of all of them, <laughs> but... Uh, some of them do seem pretty young, and then some seem like they might be in their 20s. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but they, you know, for being actors that we haven't really seen a lot of, or at least mm-hmm. I haven't, yeah, they didn't I pull think out, they did a really good job. Yeah, they didn't pull in, like, the Stranger Things cast. They didn't go for, like, the traditional mm-hmm. young ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, for people who I've never heard of, they did a great job. And the last one is, uh, like, messaging and mm-hmm. whatnot, which is uh, generally just, like, the symbolism they had, the metaphors and all that, and how well they were able to drive that through narratively and through everything else. And I would say this is probably a nine. Like, this is probably the their best one. They meant to say things, and they said those fucking things. They sure did. Uh, the only thing that... The reason it's a nine for me, not, like, a ten or something, is because... Uh, it felt like they had built up some things. Mm-hmm. Like there, it was. There was some stuff getting kind of muddled up between the, uh, the need for it to be almost like. Trying to add spookiness to it, versus just like, letting that be part of whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like there was things going on that just didn't gel as well, but everything in the long run did still have some sort of style and theme uh and admittedly it did end in a way that's clear it's gonna have a season two so maybe some of the stuff that was unresolved uh like the ghosts and whatnot will be dealt with and it'll have more of a satisfying uh meaning and truth behind it all Mm 
Yeah, um, for message, I'll give it, I think I'll, I'll give it another eight. All right. Um, because though I think the messaging in like, uh, Midnight Mass is uh, a lot better, I don't know, I just also am biased because I love that show, but, uh, with Midnight Club, I think the, the messages were very clear, like you said, um, for a lot of the characters. Some, a couple of them, it might have been, a, you know, we might have had to think about it for a little bit, but it was really cool, really good, really, really well written. It's definitely, you know, for high schoolers who, who are going to watch it, they're going to relate with it, and maybe some adults will too, but I do feel like it's, it's, it is advertised more towards mm. younger people um so if you prefer uh things a little more complex or a little more uh, thoughtful a little more deep <laughs> um you might watch something else uh you're not gonna watch this for any you know deep study of what what it truly means you know any deep philosophy or anything but uh yeah i'll give it an eight yeah that's fair yeah i think i think because it focuses on teenagers and you know a youth group in general uh, i think a lot of it has less has a lot less to do with like this sense of like existentialism and like uh you know whatever you know we think about the older we get the closer we get to you know not feeling like who we are, who we were supposed to be, who our dream selves were meant to be, and uh, coming to grips with that sort of thing. That seems to be a lot of messaging in you know shows and movies dedicated to older individuals. But this has more of a how how to parse out the feelings of like I'm never going to get the chance to do these things. Mm-hmm. My opportunities were are taken from me, and that is. I feel like a thing that even, you know, teenagers who aren't going through these circumstances feel a lot of, especially nowadays, where it's like, just looking at, like, the economy or whatever else, it's like, mm, yeah, they don't have the same opportunities that, well, not us, we don't have fucking shit, but, you know, the same opportunities that the generations before had, it seems like that's more than anything uh, the, the feeling that this show gives off to me, which is a very juvenile thing, but not, like, in a negative way, it's just that is how you experience it from a juvenile sense like the younger it is the more likely you are to experience that emotion yeah but with our ratings we have a combined score of eight solid score wonderful show uh i don't really have much else to say yeah i don't know um that must be it